We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 53, and it's just the guys in the garage this week, and we are ready to talk all things Cleveland sports. The Indians are ramping up over in spring training. We've got some news from former Indians, from current Indians, uh, plus the Cavaliers losing streak is over. We're going to talk a little bit about that, plus we've got some off-season Browns news to talk about. We're going to get into some sports movie chats and so much more. So come out up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to episode 53 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find us online at The Garage Beers on Twitter and Instagram. And we're also on Facebook. You can find us on TikTok. Uh, We're all over social media. So go look for us there. Follow the show. Give us some likes. Uh, And as always, we are presented to you here on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. We're always uh, proud to be part of that network with awesome other uh, uh, podcasts out there. So go go check out what's going on on the Belly Up Sports uh, Podcast Network and see if there's any other shows that tickle your fancy over there. But uh, joining you as always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Go find me online at Garage Beers Mike. And with me over on the east side of Cleveland, he is bald and beautiful at Garage Beers Chad. It's Chad Meyer. What's going on, Chad? Hey. Hi. Oh man. Whew. Guys, uh, you ever work out and like, like 45 minutes, like 30 or 45 minutes. And then you decide, Hey, I worked out for 30 or 45 minutes. I can eat an entire pizza and it's justified. <laughs> you, you lost me at that's, workout. That's, that's kind of what I did. <laughs> that's kind of what I did guys. So, I mean, it's okay. It's kind of like cornhole. It just cancels each other out. So I'm just, I'm just maintaining now. Like I, I'm like maintaining fat. Like I'm not like losing. I'm just maintaining. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm with Joe. I think what you could have done for me is cut off a whole portion of the middle of that and just been like, do you ever like eat a whole pizza? And then I'd be right with you. That <laughs> I, am, I am right there with you. You oh, know, if you just cut off the crust on the entire pizza, that would save you the calories you would have 
had a burn ah. off at the workout. Damn it. I knew I was missing something. You're putting too much work into this, Chad. <laughs> wait, wait, oh, you ready for this? You ready for this? Mm. I'm, about mm. to, I'm, about to, I'm about to blow your guys' mind. Sometime pizza, and I'll say, and I'll tell them, do not cut that pie. Oh, you, you're a no cut, cut guy. I'm sorry. Uh, what? Sometime, sometimes. What? You want to Yeah, you want to know what? Yeah, yeah. You want to know why? Because it's like a choose your own adventure. Like if you want to cut out like a like a heart piece, <laughs> you cut out a heart piece, or you you know. Oh, uh, you, you, you like, oh man! Kind of I remember. Like I used to work at a pizza like company for four years back when I lived in Ohio. And I always, always cut the no cut pizzas. I don't think I successfully sent one pizza out. <laughs> no cut. And it's, it's, it's weird. Cause like, it sounds like a weird thing, but like you get them pretty frequently. Like I felt like once a week we would get a pizza and that'd be like, Hey, don't cut my pizza. And what? Cut. Yeah. Is this a thing? Yeah. Yeah. What are yeah, you guys talking I mean, I about? Know, I could just, I, I just see, see I like to picture Chad sitting in his kitchen with his <laughs> no cut pizza, but then with like cookie cutters. And he's like making a pizza dog and like a pizza pony. Yeah. And yeah. they're playing and then he eats them. It's what is game. happening? It, it, yeah, it's pizza gummy. <laughs> it can also be a hat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A goose. A goose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that. Like, good job working out. I feel like you just threw that in there to be like, oh, I work out. But, you know, you got us onto the pizza part of the conversation, so we appreciate that. Yeah, so Chad welcome. got us onto pizza. Let's see what the next guy's going to get us onto. Down in Nashville, Tennessee, at Garage Beers, Joe Online. It's Joey Whalen. What's up, Joe? No, I'm not going to try to get you on anything. I'm just happy to be in my makeshift garage with my two buds on a Wednesday, and you're listening to this on a Thursday, hopefully. And uh, we're having a good week over here. You know, I can only think of pizza right now, honestly. That sounds so good. Damn it, Chad. That's right. Wow. That's right. You're welcome. Chad is derailed. We're going to do Garage Beers of the Week. We're not talking about sports. We are talking about pizza. And the number one question that always goes with that is, is pineapple acceptable on pizza? Yes. Hell no. Yes. Hell no. It is Hell abs. no to the no, no, no. Hell no to the no, absolutely, no, no. No way. It is absolutely no. acceptable on pizza. Nope. You yeah, are gross. Absolutely. You, are, you are gross if you put pineapple on a pizza. Yep. Uh-huh. One, yep. one of the best pizzas is Jet's Pizza. Nope. With bacon and pineapple on it. Nope. No, thank yep. you. Nope. Nope. You want to make one of those cute little fruit pies that like it's not a fruit pie. Like like it's like, not like a fruit dessert. pie. You you want to put pineapple on like a dessert pie and cut it into a pizza and call it like dessert pizza? Fine, fine. But pineapple on on some bread with tomato sauce and, and cheese and pizza? No, no. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Uncouth. Why? Just because it's a fruit? Are you, pineapple on a pizza. Are you a fruitist? Are you a fruitist? Just because it's a fruit, it can't be on pizza. You know what? When it comes to pizza, yeah. Okay, I am a fruitist. Fuck well, you, guess pineapple. What? Guess what? Fuck tomatoes you, pineapple. Are and, and, tomatoes and a fruit. You what? idiot. <laughs> tomatoes a fruit, and that's the main okay. ingredient of okay. pizza. 
I have a pineapple fact. Ooh, okay. let's hear Listen. it. Do you know that pineapples Listen. eat like your mouth? I'm sorry. What? Okay, great. This is fantastic. Pineapples. Excuse me. Pineapples have an enzyme that uh, like erode and degrade your mouth. And the only reason they don't do that in your oh. stomach is because the acid in your stomach kills the enzyme that erodes your mouth. So if you eat a pineapple and get like a little tingly feeling, that's it eating your flesh in your mouth. Yeah. That's and that's that's real. Look it up on my arm my armchair fact check right here. It's constantly see, that's why you put pineapple on your pizza. It's constantly giving you a nice new layer of skin in yeah. your mouth. Full of surprises. To later be burned by the sauce. Yeah. Nope. Pineapple is terrible on a pizza. I, I, I am, I am a, I am a fruitist. Okay, I, I, I'm a fruitist when it comes to pineapple on pizza. Okay, okay? so no tomatoes on Chad's pizza. Fine, fine. Just you know no what? sauce. Like the... Sauceless. No, 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 nope, not sauceless. I'll take the garlic butter sauce. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm having. I am going to have delivered to your home a pizza with no sauce and just just bread and pineapples. <laughs> oh my my god. Not cut either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not cut. <laughs> yeah. If you do that, I will post a video of it going right into the trash. All right, go <laughs> You wouldn't. Uh go I around would. the horn, go around the horn real quick. What's what's the best pizza? Oh, barbecue oh, chicken sh- pizza. Barbecue mm. chicken, barbecue sauce base, cheese, chicken, bacon, cheddar, pineapple. Yeah, pineapple is good. Yeah, yeah. I I usually don't order with pineapple, but when I do, I'm not mad about it. Boom, Chad, best pizza. Fuck off with your pineapple. Uh, (laughs) uh, um, Honestly, I'm a simple guy. I'm a meat lovers guy. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take a good meat lovers pizza any day of the week. Just so Chad just loaded up with all the meats, uh, and then and then just one pineapple on the top. Uh, Nope. Yeah, for me, it's uh, my very favorite pizza is pepperoni, onion, and banana peppers. Okay. Just okay. pretty simple, pretty normal, but oh mm-hmm. my God, pepperoni, onion, banana peppers on a pizza. Delicious. Yeah. yeah and what goes better, boys? What goes better with a delicious pizza than some delicious beers? And what a segue that was into our garage beers of the week. We're going to take it wow. into the garage beers. Yeah, right. Right. Wow. Oh. Look at that. Oh, oh shit! That was a pro level segue right doing. there. Nothing kills the heartburn of pepperoni, onion, and banana pepper like a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what that means. It's time for our garage beers of the week. We're gonna throw it around, tell you what we're drinking, and uh, uh, you guys can also let us know what you're drinking this week. What your garage beers of the week is this week? So. Uh, we're going to start it down in Nashville because I know he's got a good one. Joey Whalen, what's your yeah, garage beer? I do week? have a good one. Um, I literally opened it up right before we started recording and I was caught off guard because I was like, oh shit, this is like a really good beer. Um, what's that What's that beer that you drink every other show, Mike? It's the Tree Fort, Treehouse? <laughs> Treehouse. <laughs> Treehouse. All right. But all, all, all jokes aside, that is probably the favorite uh, brewery I think I've ever had beer from. This. Uh, Bearded Iris from Nashville is where my beer today comes from. And it has a very similar vibe to the Treehouse IPAs. It's called, uh, this one's called Attention, Please. It's, it's just a double IPA. Uh, one of the descriptors is pillowy, which I've never had a pillowy beer before, but as soon as you drink it, you're like, oh my God, I'm on a, I'm on a pillow. 
Wow. Uh, it's very good, very juicy. Like drinking, it's like it's like drinking a cloud. Yeah, it's mm. like drinking a cloud. It's fantastic. It's like it's like getting drunk in bed without like you know having to drink anything. You're just on a pillow. I don't know. That was you. So I, you hot. had me all the way until it's that so last hot. part, and then I was like, it was close. Just getting drunk in bed. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we have to even out the segue success <laughs> of the <this> show. <laughs> Brought to you by my pillow. Uh, no, oh, no, no, right. uh, no, 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 free ads. Definitely not. Nope. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, that's a great brewery. Uh, Nashville's got a couple of those kind of hidden gem breweries that m- a lot of people don't know about. Uh, Bearded Iris is one, uh, Southern Grist, another one. So Bearded Iris, a really good one there, uh, by Joe. Chad, what's your garage beer of the week this week? Uh, well, fellas, I have a place I know we haven't had on the show before. So this is a woo. New to the Garage Beers of the Week segment, uh, it is Stella Artois. Artois. Stella Artois. Just a classic. But not only. A classic Stella. But not only. Ah, ah, ah. But not only Stella Artois, but it's the limited edition Midnight Lager. Wow. Look at that That's bad boy. That's fancy as hell. Look at that bad boy. Yeah, I know, yeah, right? That's a cool looking and bottle. And let's give it a. Look at that. Ooh, it's dark. Look at how dark that is. Yeah. Let's, take a, let's, let's give it a sip. Let's give it a sip and see what we got. Okay. That is Stella Artois with black food coloring in it. Like, and there's really no difference. <laughs> there's, really, there's really no difference. In this beer. I, I bet that tastes like weird because it's a very dark beer. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's expert there's analysis. There's really between a normal Stella a normal Stella and a midnight lager. So same damn thing. All right, but here we go. It's good. I like right. it. I enjoy it. Ste- I enjoy it. Stella. So we're good. You know, Stella, Stella itself hits home. It's close to home with me. It was my grandma's favorite beer. My grandma passed mm-hmm. away in 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last time my grandma ever came to where we were living at the time uh, was Easter. And she brought like three Stella's with her. And she drank two of them and left one in my fridge. Uh, and uh, the next month, my grandma passed away. And to this day, sitting in the back corner of my beer fridge is that Stella from 2015 that my grandma brought over for Easter. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a uh, that that always Stella has a, a special place in my heart. And I have to like make sure if anybody ever goes into my beer fridge to get a beer, I'm like, don't touch the one in the back. That's not yeah. for sale. No, no, it's not for drinking. All right, so we got Stella, but like a weird Stella, but the same Stella, but but a different name. Uh, and we've got uh, Bearded Iris down there. I also have a brewery that we have not had on here, and I have to give a shout-out to my friend uh, and, and one of my favorite people on this planet. Her name is Brittany Kachingwe. And Brittany, uh, she, uh, she lived here. She worked with all of us at the Crushers for a bit uh, out there in Avon. Uh, but then since has moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, they have access to a beer that we do not have access to here. And she was so kind to ship me uh, a whole box full of it. And so my garage beer this week, boys, is called Spotted Cow from New Glarus Brewing Company in Wisconsin. Mm, Okay. Mm. Okay. And I don't know if you're familiar with this, but Spotted Cow reminds me 
I, I'm not saying the beer itself, but the the story of Spotted Cow very much reminds me of what Yingling used to be. People hmm. people go to places like Wisconsin to get Spotted Cow, just like they used to have to drive to Pennsylvania to get Yingling. Uh, and so uh, it's a beer you can't get here. It's a beer you got to get straight from the source. And I was lucky enough to have it shipped. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a taste here. I've had the brewery before, but I don't think I've had the beer. Yeah, so it is, um, it's a farmhouse ale. Um, okay. And it's really good, but I, here's what I'm going to say about Spotted Cow. And this may trigger some people, especially if you're like passionate about Spotted Cow. I feel like the minute New Glarus Brewing Company decides that they're going to distribute this to a larger area this beer is going to lose all of its luster because it is a good beer, but it's a beer, uh, the taste of which I feel like you can get at almost every brewery. That's fair. It's like, uh, I mean, Mm, Yingling, when Yingling first came out, I felt like you couldn't find it on the shelves. Like everyone bought it. I think everyone got sick of it pretty quickly. Um, It was what became standard. Yeah. It became standard Yingling. Like for me, I used to love Yingling. If we went somewhere that had Yingling, we were drinking it. If I could get it, we would get it. And then it got distributed here, and it was like, I, all of a sudden I was like, I don't know if I really like this all that much. I think I just liked the fact that it was hard to get, and it was like an accomplishment to have it. Uh, it's like yeah. a treat, you know? Yeah. And so, again, that's not an insult. Uh, well, that's more of an insult to Yingling. Not an insult to New Glarus. <laughs> this is a really good – Spotted Cow is a really good beer. You could just spend <laughs> – you could spend uh, a whole bunch of nice warm summer days drinking some spotted cow and enjoy the shit out of it. But I think, I think a big reason why it's as big and popular as it is, is because of how it's distributed and how hard it is to get. So uh, I like it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, and that is again, the spotted cow from new Glarus brewing up in Wisconsin. Again, special thanks goes out to my friend, Brittany Kachingway for boxing that up and sending it over to me. So those are our garage beers of the week this week, boys. Cheers to you here on the show. Cheers to you, the listeners. And again, as we always say, if you're drinking something this week that you think is really good, that you want to share, that you want us to feature on the podcast, let us know. We will do that. Just send it our way on our social media at the garage beers. Uh, so that's going to do it for garage beers of the week. And boys, we got, we got, we could be pretty loosey goosey with the show today. We, which just us, uh, but we got some fun things to talk about. And, you know, I think we, we've spent so much time over the past months with the Browns. We had an awesome interview last week with Joe Tate. If you're listening to this and you did not listen to episode 52 with Joe Tate, um, go listen to it. It, he was so good. Uh, Mm -hmm. so Here's your reminder. Go listen to Joe Tate, Cavaliers legend. We're going to start with the Indians. We haven't talked a whole lot about the Indians, but they've been in the news a little bit this week for a few different reasons. Uh, And the main reason we're going to start with the Indians is a player who's no longer an Indian. But the big news that Mm -hmm. came out like a couple days ago that was all over, it was blowing up Twitter. Uh, Francisco Lindor, in an interview, made a comment that towards the end, back half of last year, he wasn't putting in the effort that he felt like he should have in the weight room. And I think you saw that reflected in the numbers that Francisco Lindor was putting up all of a sudden this premier hitter in the league. And I'm, I'm not going to get into Francisco Lindor bashing. I'll save my opinion on that, but 
this premier hitter in the league all of a sudden turns into this pole hitter who cannot take the ball to the opposite field, a guy who is only trying to smash home runs, uh, and his his average wasn't great, his 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 numbers weren't great, and he came out and basically said he wasn't trying as hard as he should have in the weight room. Uh, what, what was your impression when you heard that from from Lindor? <laughs> that I'm glad he's gone. Uh, I, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, obviously, I we had great years with Frankie, and I'm going to miss it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss his personality. I'm going to miss his smile. I'm going to miss his ability on the field. Uh, I'm going to miss his hitting. I'm going to miss a lot of things about Frankie Lindor. But the, the fact that you just admitted that you on this team last year without really admitting or without really saying that you quit on this team, I, I don't know. It, it, it's just telling who you could be because who you about I don't want to generalize it I don't want to, I don't want to make assumptions about Frankie as a person but the, the fact that he's that he, he quit on this team I don't know makes me kind of sour on Frankie a little bit okay yeah so you're mad at ownership but that means you're going to make your teammates suffer because of it and not put out forth put forth the effort that that you should be that that, that your job is as a professional athlete come on man like like it's just, I don't know it makes me upset with him a little bit. Yeah, I kind of go to like why, like what what does he gain from that statement? Because obviously it's not just like accidentally spilling the beans there. Like there's definitely something that he thinks he's going to get out of that. Maybe he's trying to like, you know, reset the bar for when he has contract negotiations with the Mets or if he reaches free agency, kind of resets the bar and saying like, yeah, you know, the past couple of years, don't look at that. Look at what I do now. Um, But, you know, it it sucks because he never thought of him and – that kind of light before as a player, you always thought that he was the, the spirit of the team and the, the leadership of the team. But yeah, you like really hate to hear that. And that kind of putting a nail in the coffin at his time in Cleveland. And uh, it's kind of like, well, you know, we're kind of on to the next thing. I, I think that was a very like selfish, pers- selfish personal thing that he did. Cause that's kind of a smack in the face to all of his teammates too. It's not like, it's not like, you know, he's just gaining from this because maybe he can have a better tool to use when he's negotiating his new contract. But like, you know, you played with, you know, 60 guys, 80 guys in your time in Cleveland. And those decisions have repercussions to all of them in all of their careers as well. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little surprised by both of your reactions to that. Uh, our, our friend, friend of the show, Ken Carmen had a post on Twitter saying like how, what a great thing it was for Cleveland that Frankie came out and said that because it's going to help people get over the fact that he's gone, uh, which is a good point. Yeah. Uh, here's what I think. I don't um, – I don't I – th- I think maybe it's read a little bit out of context. Like Frankie didn't say he like didn't give his all. Frankie said his exact – well, I don't know if it's his exact quote, but his his quote was that he, he wasn't working as hard in the weight room. And, and listen – uh, I, I don't think at any point did it ever look like Frankie wasn't given the effort out on the field. Uh, I'm not, this doesn't make it any, I'm not like, you, like Chad, you said, I, I'm glad I disagree with that, but. Oh, I don't think yeah, so. I, I, you, He's always, you don't, he was always going full out, out on the he field. He plateaued oh. two years ago. He peaked two years he was, ago. His time with the Indians, 20, what was that? 18 out of 2018. That was like the best he played with us past two years. He's been average. I'm, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like numbers or whatever. I'm talking about his effort, his how he was playing out on the field. Uh, uh, there, I, there's, I, I don't question his effort one second out on the field. 
I totally all. do. I totally diving do. all over the place, making like incredible plays at shortstop, hustling like the the dude. I I th- I th- I for me, his effort was there on the field. I think it played. I think uh, this got a little overplayed. Like he quit on the team. I don't think he quit on the team. I think he came out and said, "Like I can work harder in the weight room." Was his point? Uh, I I don't know. I. Sure. I mean, if that's what he meant, fine. But I totally disagree with that effort, Mike. I mean, I think he was I think it was very clear that he was completely disengaged last year, especially as as it got towards the end of the season and, and into the postseason. I mean, you, you know, again, like I talked about how, you know, you, t- you saw Frankie uh, smiling, uh, you know, the energy, the effort. Uh, I, you just you just didn't see that. It was almost like he knew he was gone after that after that year. And I don't know. It just it just. To me, he was he would he he wasn't the same Frankie at the end of the year. Sure, and I, was, I don't I honestly don't know I honestly don't know what the weight room has to do with anything, because I, I mean that doesn't that doesn't I don't know what does that have what is what does that do I mean you still have the agility like you're still a premier athlete like what. What is what? Why? Why? Why the rate? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Know. I, I think that's just a soft way for him to say that he wasn't at his full potential. It, it's like <laughs> yeah. a kind of dodgy way to say that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I, as soon as you have the enjoy him comments we, broadcasted he, everywhere, it was a different Frankie Lindor in Cleveland. It was not the same guy. We commented on the show. He lost his smile. He's not like the same like spunk. He doesn't have the same energy he had. Um, you know, those two, the weight room comments and that might not be directly related, but I, I kind of feel like they are and they have some merit to them. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at Chad's statement. I'm glad he's gone. I'm not glad he's gone. I'm not, I'm not glad half, half effort. Frankie Lindor was still better than whatever's going to replace him out there this year. Like that's uh, like, well, and, and again, I, I get, I think Joe makes a good point. I think, uh, again, I, I'm not, I don't, I watched enough to not think that he quit on the team per se, but, uh, but I think Joe brings up a good point mentally. When you hear the owner say, well, you should just enjoy him. And the comment of, well, we're going to be handing out $300 million contracts when other teams are handing out billion dollar contracts. Like those were the things that were getting said. So yeah, probably mentally in a guy's head, it's like, I know these guys aren't going to pay me. I know they're not, they're not going to keep me here. So like, that's, that's, that's gotta be a difficult situation to, to thrive under. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I guess I should clarify. I'm glad that I'm glad he's gone thing. I'm not glad that he's gone from, from an ability and a talent standpoint. Of course, I'm going to miss him. I mean, being the leader in that locker room, I'm saying I'm glad he's gone is if that's the way he is going to be, under this ownership and with this team, if that's the way he is going to be, then yeah, I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. You can't really put that in like a good way. Like uh, I I get what you're saying with that. Cause it's like, you know, we obviously can't live in the situation that he had to live through. Like I imagine your boss being like, yeah, well, you know, enjoy it. Cause it's going to end when your contract's up or, you know, in two weeks, you know, enjoy it. Uh, I, I would imagine that's an incredibly tough thing to work through, especially being the uh, honestly the one of the faces of the MLB. Um, I, I think that um, you know it's easy to say that like he should have just taken that as like a I want to prove you wrong type thing, and that's kind of easy for us that aren't in the game and aren't going through that to say. 
uh, I would obviously have liked to see him play through it and like show them wrong and show them, Hey, this is what you're losing. Um, but, uh, who knows? It's, 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 it's a weird and it feels like a very delicate situation at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it yeah, I was mean, this, this team isn't good enough to overcome. This team isn't good enough to overcome. A half effort, Frankie. They're, they definitely enjoyed you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's un, it's unfortunate that uh, that that sort of statement had to come out. Yeah, it probably would have been better off for him to not say anything, but he did. And and again, I think I think yeah. there's a little bit more of an uh, uh, a reaction than probably is necessary. But you know, he said it. He moves on. And speaking of contract situations. Frankie never got into a contract situation with the Cleveland Indians. They decided they weren't going to keep him. They made him the best offer, and that wasn't going to be good enough. We all probably should have seen that coming. But another one of the Indian star players is now vocally coming out saying he wants to get into contract negotiations with the Indians, and he'd like to stay with the Cleveland Indians. And that is last year's Cy Young Award winner, Shane Bieber. Uh, Is there any hope? Yeah. I, nope. I think uh, I think with Bieber, there's hope. I, I think that probably what he's going to be looking for won't be as ridiculous as uh, um, what Frankie would have been looking for. I think that you know I don't know if he's going to come out and have a Cy Young year like he had last year. I would obviously love that, but I think he's he might need just something else in his arsenal to like separate himself year from year to be that elite level pitcher. Um, you know, I think they're going to wait another year <laughs> to, to enter in any toss at them. And who knows? It might be too late at that point. If they're going to do that now is the time to do it yeah. because now, now is the time to do it when they still have what four more years of control with him. He just had a Cy Young uh, year. And uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before the time for the Indian to extend their to extend their homegrown talent their their talent is when they start to show greatness you know Bieber has showed Bieber showed greatness last year right and so before he pitches himself out of their price range now is the time to 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 to, to do it because who knows I because I, I, if he goes out and he has another Cy Young award year I, I think it's over. I, Guys, I don't think it's yeah. There's I don't not know, many two-time Cy Young winners you can extend. You know what <laughs> evidence? What right. evidence is there that he's not? I mean, since the guy I, came up, he's an All Star his first full year. He wins the All Star mm-hmm. MVP, which I know that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but that's on the resume. All Star yeah. game MVP, boom on the resume. He comes out the next year and was the most absolutely dominant pitcher in baseball last year. Uh-huh. Like he was yeah. untouchable all year last year. Untouchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. even if you extend him for two more years past our four years of control on him, you have six years, give him a little more money. But Joe, then you said you said he's not going to be looking for crazy numbers like Francisco Lindor. What did Trevor Bauer just sign for? Yeah. Yeah, right. but uh I I mean I would say even if Shane Bieber wins a Cy Young this year, well. I mean, I guess with the inflation of these contracts, he probably would get something similar to Trevor Bauer. I think that if he was already two-time Cy Young winner, I don't know if he would get that money. I feel like Trevor Bauer has this 
unique complex that draws teams to him at this point, courtesy of the Indians. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think that, I just don't think that he would have a contract as lucrative as what Trevor Bauer is signed for. I don't know, man. And again, we're talking about Cy Young's, but we don't need to be talking about a Cy Young. Like let's say somebody else wins the Cy Young, but Shane Bieber comes out and wins 18 to 19 games and posts a mm-hmm. sub three ERA and he's striking yeah. out 11 batters per, you know, per, per outing. And he's, he's just, he's as good as he has been. Uh, yeah. Heck yeah. He's going to warrant a humongous then, contract. Then he would be as good as gone because the Dolans <laughs> are not going to just keep up with the market. They're not going to keep up with the uh, baseball salaries. They're just not. Yeah. I mean, if, if Shane Bieber goes out, and has a good year, uh, uh, another good year this year. Not like you said, Mike. Not a Cy Young type year. But if he goes out and has another good year, I, I, I hate, I hate that I have to have this mentality when it comes to the Indians. But you might as well start the countdown clock on him, because the Indians are not going to assign him to a contract of, of what he's going to be worth. It's just, they're, they're just not. That they just, they just don't do that. You might as well start looking for trade partners. You, you know, for four years, four years or, or however many years of control they have left. You might as well start looking for trade partners then if he goes out and has another good year this year. Guys, it's just we, we've done this over and over and over again, but it, it, it's it's just it's so hard to watch a team that is so good at scouting and development with a front office that is so absurdly competent and mm-hmm. good at what they do and yeah. a, and a, and a set of coaches and, and a manager that are so absurdly competent and good at what they do that in a window again, here in Cleveland, we don't expect a uh, $250 million payroll for forever. Like don't go yeah. under a certain, we understand here in Cleveland that there's going to be windows uh-huh. and right in the middle of the window, they go, yeah, let's cut everything back Yeah. again. Yeah. Why do you own a baseball team? Why are you, why are you an owner of a baseball team? What are you doing to, to, to you know be trotting is? out, to be trotting out, oh, a sorry, 40, sorry. to be trotting out a $40 million payroll in, in a year where you made the playoffs last year. And and you've been a playoff team for for several years running. Well, you didn't make it the year before, but you were in contention. Like what? There's no excuse for this. There's no reason why we shouldn't be looking at these young players that they bring up, like Francisco Lindor or Shane Bieber or whoever the hell else is going to be the next one. And there's no reason we shouldn't be looking, going, well, yeah, those are our homegrown guys. So. They're ours. We're going to keep them, but we're not. We're not ever going to keep them. You made one mistake in that forty-eight million dollar payroll. <laughs> so it's Come on, dramatically Mike. gone up. Come on, Mike. What Eddie Rosario? Yeah, thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Mike. Uh, you know it's what? A great signing, by the way. That's a great. This is this is honestly they the Indians are worse than the minor leagues in, 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 in this, in this aspect. And I'll tell you why, you know how in the minor leagues that 
you, you know, the, the is to fans, to staff, to office people, to everybody. You know, in the minor leagues, attached to, 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 to players because they're going to just move up or move down. They're just constantly on the move. Well, the Indians, who the people call the you know a minor league system, a farm system for the rest of the major leagues, you do get attached to these guys because that's your major league ball club. You right. get attached to these guys. And and to know that they're gone, that they're going to be gone, or, that, or, or most likely at least he's going to be gone, that's hard. Like, like how, how are you supposed to stay a fan and, and uh, of a team when you know you're not gonna you only have so much time with the players that you attach yourself to yeah it's listen players come and go from every team and big yeah. name players big name players come and go from from big market teams and small market teams and everywhere in between but the point is what the indians should be they should be able to put, trot out at least a competitive payroll, not a top-level payroll, a competitive payroll. They should be able to pay the young studs that they bring up, and that way, when you sign these other dudes just kind of off the street to be like the role-player, bit-player p- pieces, the fans can swallow it and say, cool, because you're signing Ben Gamble to – hope that he can be productive with Francisco Lindor out there and with Jose and Shane Bieber and all these other guys. But instead it's you're just signing role players and hoping it carries you and hoping. Yeah. And hoping you catch lightning in a bottle. They're hoping to be the Indians are hoping to be the Washington nationals, right? (laughs) The Washington nationals traded there, but everybody looks and goes, yeah, that'd be great. That doesn't happen. It just, they caught lightning. The, the Nationals. Yeah. You, trade, ring. you trade your best they player. Got a ring. Okay. Again, that's not what's going to happen, Joe. Listen, Billy Hamilton will carry us oh, to the World Series with his whoa, legs whoa, that are this, incredibly fast. Is this is this an argument like like pre podcast that you guys have had? No, <laughs> I don't know. No, no actually, no. No, it's just again. Oh, okay. I. I if it works out the way it worked out for the Nationals, that'd be sweet. But what what happened with the Nationals? They get rid of their best player, Bryce Harper. Everybody's pissed. And then they go on to win the World Series. But what also happened with the Nationals? You have the emergence of former friend of the podcast here. Well, current friend of the podcast, former guest of the podcast, Daniel Johnson. His former teammate, a guy named Juan Soto, emerges that year and plays better than Bryce Harper ever played. And it... it Everything went right for them that year, and they won the World Series. It was cool. That isn't how things normally go. Well, it isn't. No. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, you could you could sit here and say like, oh yeah, but it could happen. But you know, it's I, just annoying. I, it's I, just... I know it's annoying. I just I I don't know if I can just bash it anymore. Like I just want to get excited for the season. I feel like we do have a couple good signings that we've had. Well, let's get excited. Let's start with something. Oh, let's sorry, yeah. Let's get let's that get excitement excited. going. Let's get excited for the Indians. So let's quit talking about that and whatever contracts and the ownership. Let's talk about our stud they're, bullpen. They're going to be allowed to have. They're going to be allowed to have like ten thousand fans at the game. So you know, normal, almost at capacity. Uh, normal yeah. capacity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about a video that that Chad sent to us. Uh, but one here's one reason to get excited. I was very excited about this last year until he got suspended for the whole year. Uh, 
One of the big pieces that came back in the Corey Kluber trade down to Dallas was this guy named Emmanuel Clause. And Emmanuel Clause, I remember watching him a couple years ago against the Indians, just made everybody look silly. Because he comes out of the bullpen, and Chad, what was the video? He's warming up in spring training. How fast is Emmanuel Clause throwing down there? Throwing up. 104 miles an hour. 104 <laughs> miles an hour. It's so ridiculous. And, uh, and if you've not seen Emmanuel Clase pitch, right? So uh, let's say, let's say, you know, when you think of big, huge arm, you think of Aroldis Chapman, right? Yeah. 101, 102 miles an hour consistently. And Aroldis Chapman throws a just a dead straight 101, 102 mile an hour fastball that's almost impossible to hit. And he throws a slider. Emmanuel Clase throws a 104 mile an hour uh, cutter. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that isn't just like a four seamer that's flat and coming in, and hopefully the guy just swings early enough and hit it. No, 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 no. Emmanuel Clase throws 104 miles an hour with movement. Yikes. What? Yikes. Movement. What? How do you yep. control that? Well, that is one of the knocks on Emmanuel Clause is that he's had a little bit of trouble controlling. That. Yeah, I, I feel oh, yeah. like that's pretty standard with anyone throwing above 100 miles an hour, though. Sure. Uh, you know, I, talking about Emmanuel Clause reminded me of Corey Kluber and that trade. And uh, wow, did the Indians win that trade? Well. Oh, yeah. I'd say Honestly, so. it looked like at the beginning of last year, it's like, mm, man, like Emmanuel Clause is uh, suspended. Corey Kluber's looking good, and then he goes down for like second or third start with the Rangers. Never played. Yeah, now he's on the Yankees. Year. Now yeah. he's on the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we've lost a part. I don't know where Delano DeShields go. Did he go back to Texas? He went back to Texas. That's my okay. Early deal. <laughs> so they got him. Yeah, that's fine. That's not a big deal. I mean, but... we've we we got Josh Naylor and Eddie Rosario. Bye. Right. Bye. I'm pretty excited about both those guys for this next year, dude. Listen. The back end of the bullpen, you, you've lost Brad Hand, and I know people kind of huff and puff about Brad Hand. The guy was yeah. great last year. He was great last year. Yeah. He was great all year. And it, for the majority of his time in Cleveland, was great. Uh, he's gone. And so now your back end of that bullpen mm-hmm. is Emmanuel Clause and James Karinczak, uh and Nick and Lindgren. Who's your said No, who's your sentence inning guy? If you say Brian Shaw, I'm going <laughs> to slap you in the freaking mouth. Oh, my God. Brian Shaw, hey, listen, baby. He's going to pitch 432 innings this year because <laughs> yeah. he loves that guy. Just as long as they don't bring him out after a rain delay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It, well, he will. And he will pitch another four innings after that. Good grief. Yes. I think he's starting Brian now, Shaw. actually. He's starting his inning count now. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah just get it going. <laughs> he's just just three, 365 days a year. He's just an innings eater. Like even <laughs> yeah, one area I think you know for sure that the Indians are going to be good is going to be in that bullpen. That's going to be a really good bullpen again, especially the back end. If Karen check, you know, Karen check hit a little bit of a hiccup last year, but and then he kind of figured it out. Right, he he had a hiccup where he was giving up runs, and then he figured it back out again. He's young. He's young though. Like I, yeah. I don't expect yeah. him to be his best self this year. I feel like you know we're gonna see like optimal James Karinchek probably in 2022, 2023. But it's gonna be yeah. really fun watching Emmanuel Clase throw 104 miles an hour. Yeah, 
Yeah, heads up, Bebo. That ball's coming in hot. Oh yeah, on paper, I'm really excited to watch Manuel Clase throw uh, this year. But on paper, yeah, it's 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 uh, we've got a really good back end of the bullpen. It's 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 going to be fun to watch. You know, bullpens year in and year out can be finicky, but uh, yeah, uh, certainly on paper, it's definitely exciting to 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 see. Listen again with the Indians. Uh, I don't even I don't even remember who's going to start at shortstop, but you're still going to have Jose. You're still going to have uh, Fran Mill. You got Josh Naylor out Cesar. there. You got Cesar back. That's a good signing to bring him back. And they've, again, they've brought in some of these guys hoping to hit pay dirt. And I feel like with the Indians, it rarely does it ever happen. But again, I brought up Ben Gamble. Well, Ben Gamble's had good years in Major League Baseball. They signed Harold Ramirez, which that guy could actually be a full-time starter in the outfield. He, he only had one full season in Miami. He was really productive, and then he really didn't play last year because of an injury. Uh, but Harold Ramirez... They picked him up, uh, Billy Hamilton, whatever. Uh, but they're going to try to string it together, and, and hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and hopefully all those guys, what they need to find is just enough production out of that people that are playing in the field at the plate to give this pitching staff, which you know is going to be good, the support it needs to win the games. Uh, and if, 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 if some of these yeah, guys I mean, come through, sorry. Then, then they'll be all right. Yeah, it's uh, this lineup. I mean, even even through the Frankie years, it's been a model of inconsistency. So, what I mean, hopefully they can they can find some 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 production uh, throughout the year. Um, you know, I like to say that this lineup is the Eli Manning of of Major League Baseball. You know how Eli Manning would throw for like would throw for like four hundred and fifty yards and like five touchdowns one game, and then like the next two games he'll throw for like one hundred and fifty four yards and like four picks. Yes. <laughs> like, like, like that's, that's what I compare. This that's line very to. similar. So it's just, that's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, yeah. He's so it, it's, He's got two it's, rings. He's got two rings. That's yeah. all he need. I, yeah. So I, we don't have I, that. I no, we sure don't. We sure don't. Uh, but luckily right. Eli didn't have to do that over the course of 162 games. That's right. <laughs> all right. So again, uh, That'll do it for for the Indians chat, but we got opening day coming up soon. That's going to be, a, you know, that just signals warm weather in the summer. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get yeah. to a couple Indians games. I know they're going to be letting some people in down there. And uh, it just all good things happen when Indian season's getting ready to start. So we're going to transition over into the basketball team here in Cleveland because the losing streak, the one that felt like it was never going to end because they were losing to teams by double digits, it felt like triple digits. It felt like they didn't even show up some nights, but the Cavaliers ended their losing streak last night against the Hawks. And then here tonight, uh, just as we're talking here on this Wednesday night, they just laid a total beat down on the Houston Rockets. And all of a sudden the Cavs are starting to find their groove again. Uh, boys, the, the, the streak is over Cavs back in the win column. Uh, it's like a totally different team out there. Good. Good. I'm glad because when this team was winning, when they were playing well, uh, they were a lot of fun to watch. Like, I mean, I don't know what it was. Like I said, Mike, you, you, Mike, you've watched the games closer than I have uh, for sure. But uh, you know, what's, what, what, what right these last two games, what, what's, what do you see? That's like maybe the turnaround uh, uh, from that losing streak. Well, I think one guys are making shots, right? Like look at Dylan Windler, your boy from Belmont down there, Joe. Yeah. In his last two games, he's nine for nine from three pointer. He was five for five last night and four for four tonight. Like, how do you beat that? They're spreading the ball a little bit. Things were starting to get, I don't want to bash him, 
But things were starting to get a little sticky with Colin Sexton. And then in watching the games, it felt like Colin Sexton and Darius Garland kind of lost their chemistry. It it felt like either Sexton had the ball and he was going to take it to the hoop or Garland had the ball and he was going to take it to the hoop. But they weren't sharing it really well with each other. Uh, That changed. That certainly changed tonight as they were, they played great. Garland had 10 assists, Uh, but I think they're just finding it. And, and I think, this is going to sound really weird, but I think sticking Dean Wade at the power forward was a really smart move because Dean Wade isn't a guy that like needs the ball and he doesn't, he's a really good shooter. He's an above average shooter for sure, but he, he's not like a killer athlete. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do a lot of stuff better than a lot of people, but what he does do is create the space that this team needs. And he is a knockdown shooter. He's four for four tonight, two for two from three. Like he's not going to shoot the ball a lot, but having him out there at the power forward, I think just gave them a different element. These last two games, they looked a little more comfortable uh, out there. And so guys are playing well. And, and, and Jared Allen's a star. Jared Allen is a certified bona fide star. Uh, Dude, dude went for 26 and 18 tonight. And it, it's funny because when it was primarily Drummond playing, I was finding myself struggling because people were getting so mad at him, and yet he'd put up 22 points and 15 rebounds. And I'd be like, how can you be mad at that? It's amazing the difference between Jared Allen and Andre Drummond. Nothing's for, it doesn't feel forced with Jared Allen. He, he kind of takes the game as he goes. Everything felt forced with Andre Drummond. It felt like if he wasn't getting the ball, he was mad. uh, And that's not what Jared Allen's doing. So Jared Allen, 10 of 11 from the field tonight, 26 points. Made it look easy. So Again, I think they're just, uh, they're kind of getting back into their roles. Garland and Sexton look like they're back on the same page again. Um, And then other guys, again, other guys are performing, getting getting 13 points on four or four from three-pointer from Dylan Windler. That's that's a great uh that's a great output for him on any given night. So uh they're just kind of turning back into that fun team to watch, and hopefully they can keep it that way. You know, this is one of my favorite things to watch in sports. And I, I want to get like too hyped because we're only coming off of two games that we won in a row, but right. When we started, what was it? Probably two weeks ago. You guys were saying that this was one of your favorite Cavs teams to watch ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's one of the most exciting must-watch TV basketball. And then they go into the slump of what was it? Six games or so, seven, eight, whatever it was. Straight abolished, like suck losing. Um, Mike lost sleep over it. Mike yeah, lost that's sleep. for real. That's real. That's real. <laughs> but but. Uh, you lose <laughs> sleep over it. Um, but then you come in these past two games and you start to see like these different things click. And I wonder if not those, those games that they lost, you get situations where maybe JB's thrown in some different schemes, maybe trying to put some people in different roles, trying to figure things out. I think that if they can continue to build, they're not going to win the rest of the season they continue to build on the progress that they have made the past two games. You're going to see an even more exciting and different Cavs team than you saw in that first half of the season. 
because it's a young team, there's a lot of chemistry three chemistry things that need to figure out. There's a lot of personnel that's coming into the system, a lot of personnel that will probably be leaving the system here in the next couple of weeks or so. So you have a pretty unique situation where you're just kind of creating this mold and identity. And that's, that is one of the most fun things I think to watch in sports period. Yeah, I think they're just getting, yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and guys are just finding it. And it's different guys all the time. Uh, we were laughing uh, before before we started podcasting because, you know, you got a guy like Chetty. I never realized how good he is on the fast break, I don't think. But Chetty is so good on the fast break, but damn it, if he tries to drive the ball in the half court, he gets blocked every time. Every freaking time, Chetty gets blocked. But he's good on he's good in the on the fast break. Uh, you know, shout out to Lamar Stevens, man. Game winning dunk to to beat to break the streak against the Hawks. He threw it down hard, got a, a water bath uh, in the locker room uh, from all the players afterwards. Okoro even, you know, 10 points. But that's this is what you want to see from Okoro. You did not bring in Isaac Okoro to be a 30-point scorer. That's not why he got drafted. But he needs to be somewhat of a contributor. Well, tonight, he took two three-pointers. He made them both. He was four of six from the field. He scored 10 points. He was a contributor. That's what you got to see. So just everybody's everybody's playing a little bit of a role. You're getting you're getting other players out there, and then I think you're going to get. I think one of one of the other main contributing factors to this big slide that they went on, and I don't want to underscore this. The guy when we did our preseason Cavs episode with Tim Alcorn, the guy that he specifically called out as like the MVP of the team the heart and soul of the team, the guy he expected to have a breakout year was Larry Nance Jr. And Larry Nance Jr. was doing that. He was having a breakout year. He was playing phenomenal. He gets injured. He has been out for a few weeks now. And that kind of coincided with the slide. So you're getting ready to get Larry Nance back at some point. Um, so that'll only make, I think that'll only make it more fun. In yeah. The, okay. Yeah. I mean, but the- no, I say, and that, and that's how this team is going to have to win. Uh, is to get contributions from all from all areas. I mean, if Colin Sexton has to go back to scoring 30, 40 points a game like he was the last couple of years, they're not going to find success. But uh, you know, if they're sharing the ball and getting contributions from, you know, like you mentioned, Mike, guys like Windler, guys like uh, Okoro, and then you know Jared Allen, God, finally getting the chance to shine. Uh, you know, I mean, he was a nice role player there in Brooklyn the last couple of years, but man, oh man, uh, what a player that that, yeah. that he is, and, you know, with, with 26 and 18. So, yeah, you're going to have to um, you're going to have to get contributions from everywhere if this team is going to find any success the rest of the year. I mean, I, I have a question. What the hell is Kevin Love? What the hell? Like he's been on the shelf for what, three months now with just a calf strain? Like, yeah, like so, I don't know. My cat, my calves hurt after I do calf raises, but I'm good after a day. No, we're not like, doing that. I'm not. I'm not allowing up? this. I'm not allowing this on the Garage Beers podcast. I'm not allowing this bullshit on the on the Garage Beers podcast. You're we're bullshit. not doing this shit. We're not okay, doing this. Right. The guy's hurt, and he's working his way back in. He he's calling people out online. He's calling people out online because, of course. People online are like, where are you? Where have you been? You get back in. And he's like, you apparently don't know that there's different levels to calf strains or 
quad strains or whatever. He's got a severe calf strain. It's taken him a while to get back in. And probably, to be honest, they are probably not rushing him. But he'll be back. We're not slandering. We're not slandering NBA champion Kevin okay. Love on this podcast. We're not slandering. Okay. That's all I'm wondering. That's all I'm wondering. Was it more <laughs> severe than they're letting out to be? Because, I mean, uh, uh, maybe maybe, maybe he does. Maybe people do need to. He does need to educate people. I got because an example. Obviously, I got a real oh, example. Do it. Oh God, your hips. You're about to do yeah, your hips. Yeah. No, his, like hips, don't, his ago, hips don't lie. His like hips don't lie. Like a month ago, or like I that might be like six weeks ago, I know at this point. I had this horrible like hip injury pain. Um, and they thought it was a labrum tear. Um, obviously, like I'm sure the Cavs doctors can figure stuff out a little faster than <laughs> my doctors, but it turned out to be like a disc issue in my back. Uh, but I've had to do I'm on my fourth week of PT and like, I'm still not clear to like do sports or running or like exercise or stuff. So like, I think there's like, there has to be a level of like, yeah, you can probably walk around and be fine. But like, you also have to like get game ready, which is a different level of fitness and strength in that muscle. Uh, than probably what we would normally be used to feeling comfortable after an injury with, Right. Yeah. Again, I'm just not. I'm just not allowed in the slander. He's. It, it's an injury. He's out. It is what it is. He'll be Fine. back. Fine. 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 On this. Joe podcast. over there self. Joe over there self-diagnosing with WebMD. That's a great example. <laughs> Man, my hip is killing me. Yeah. www.webmd.com. Yeah. I'm just testicular I'm just... cancer. <laughs> What? Oh God! Yeah, you're oh, gonna God. die. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, uh, uh, on that note, yeah. Listen uh, again. Get get Larry Nance back. I would like to see Kevin Love in with this lineup, but uh, again, I don't think anybody's rushing him back. And and that just is what it is for a veteran player like that. It, you know, uh, I I think he will be back, and I think he'll fit right in with this team, uh, which will be fine. So. Again, Cavaliers' streak is over. They've won now two games in a row. Uh, a little spoiler for one of our last segments of the show. One more, and that's called a winning streak. It has happened oh. before. Uh, oh. But let's get into uh, the last Cleveland team before we get into some of that uh, fun stuff at the end. But the Cleveland Browns, uh, lots of news surrounding the Browns. Uh, everything from draft talk, who do they need to look at, cryptic tweets, happening lots of cryptic tweeting happening out there uh right now it has been reported by at least one reporter that cleveland is out of the jj watt sweepstakes uh john clayton for espn reported that so it looks like what were the three teams that watts down to buffalo green bay and tennessee tennessee uh, mm-hmm. Looked like those were the three teams that Watt is considering. So, yeah, it's a bummer. But, again, we, we've talked about this before, right? Do we still stand by this now knowing that it's, you know, unless something changes, J.J. Watt is not going to be a Brown? Do we stand by the fact that, like, it's okay? He It doesn't make him a terrible player, but the Browns can still have a successful offseason? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Jesus Christ. Like there's still plenty of good edge rushing talent that you can put opposite Miles Garrett here in the free agent market. I mean, I think Von Miller would be a uh, incredible consolation prize, but it's not just him. 
I mean, there, there's a lot of good edge rushing talent in this class. You know, some people say it's a massive step down after Watt. No, 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 it's not. No, it, it really isn't. You can make the argument that there's a couple of players out there better than Watt. You know who's more who, injury who, who prone would, who would fit, than who would fit on this team better? More injury prone than Von Miller is JJ Watt. Look, <laughs> I, Chad, you and I were on the same page with this last week. Uh, it's like the JJ Watt thing is a cool thing to toss around, but like, I'm not going to commit myself to like expecting that. I feel like people jump on that rumor and they're like, Oh, this is going to happen. This has to happen or else the 2021 season is going to be doomed. I'm like, no, that's fine. And like, okay, we don't get JJ Watt. We don't get JJ Watt. Right. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, people need to trust that we have a competent front office and, you know, I, I understand the impatience with Brown's fans. Uh, <laughs> because it's just, we've been waiting so long for this team to get good. But you know, if you don't get JJ Watt, it, 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 it isn't the end of the world because that's it. There's, there's still plenty of other good options. You made it there. to the divisional round without JJ Watt with <laughs> yeah. honestly probably a sub, you know, 500 of the league defense. That's not the right way to say that. I love the way you said <laughs> Lower that. half of the league quality of defense. You had me hanging on every word. I was like, what's gonna? What's he going to say? I, I didn't even know what I was sub, saying. Sub 500 quadrant, lower right quadrant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, what quadrant? Lower <laughs> hip. What movie uh, am I Under Another, six. <laughs> the Uvulus connects to the upper door. 16 to 32 <laughs> ranking <laughs> defense. It's a medical term. Yeah, but also you would understand. You would yeah, understand. Yeah. It's boring, but it's my life. Uh, yeah. I also don't. We don't need to be slandering JJ Watt either. Like, oh, he's over the no. hill. We didn't want him anyways. Like, no one's slandering JJ Watt. No, no, no. I'm not saying to you guys. I'm just oh, saying, okay. like, out there in the interwebs, you know, once it was either the people were either going to say JJ Watt was the best signing of the off season for the Browns, and like, boom, Super Bowl. But then those same exact people, when he doesn't sign with the Browns, are like, oh, he's injury prone and he's he's over the hill. He's not any good anyways. Like, we right. didn't want him anyways. Like, it doesn't he only, had, five, he only had five sacks last year. <laughs> Look, with J.J. Watt, you're not getting, like, the young stud edge washer. Like, you're getting a veteran that is older. He's going yep. to have injury problems. Everyone his age that's an edge rusher has some type of tear that they've dealt with or some type <laughs> of tendon issue that they've dealt with. That's not, like, new for somebody his age in that position. You're losing potential veteran experience and leadership on the team with bringing him in. But, you know, he's not going to be – any one of his level is not necessarily going to be a deal-breaker for the Browns one way or the other. I think, you know, what's going to set the Browns apart is getting some young talent in, maybe in the edge rusher, hopefully the linebacker position um, that they can build around and focus on that as opposed to trying to get maybe that one veteran guy that people are think that people think are going to take this defense to the Super Bowl, which probably won't happen just based on one JJ Watt. Yeah. It listen, uh, Again, I'll I'll believe wherever JJ Watt's going to sign when he actually does. Again, reports are coming out that he's down to three teams, but I, you know, as a Browns fan, I I, I have that little bit of hope that's like, oh, you know, maybe that report's a little off, or maybe something happens over the next few weeks that changes his mind. Because I still would love to see him here, but again, not the end of the world if it's not. Uh, the other one's sending out cryptic tweets. Uh, <laughs> the other one who would, in my opinion, be like the most exciting. Like I didn't even think it was a, an option. 
I still don't know if I think it's an option. Uh, But you got Marshawn Lattimore over there, former Buckeye, Cleveland Mm -hmm. native, sending out sending out tweets about Cleveland. Like, listen, man, I'm just trying to put Cleveland back on the map or something like that. Like, what? Yeah, what's happening there? Is that a thing? Yeah, he even said it. He even talked about the French toast and the Dickies he got from uh, Silverman's. Okay, back in the I don't know what that is, but okay. Listen, you went to a oh man, Silverman's had everything. <laughs> we used to have one right up in Bidolf Plaza. I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, Silverman's had anything and everything that you could want. French toast and Dickies, delicious. But uh, no, I agree with you, Mike. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore would be awesome here. And I mean, I think the reason the reason why people are so excited about it is, you know, the Saints are in cap hell right now, and with a lower cap coming. Uh, this year, they have some decisions to make. And Marshawn Lattimore is one of the like trade or release candidates on the Saints roster. So I think people, so when he sends out tweets like that about going to Cleveland, about trying to put Cleveland on the map, obviously no one is going to freak out over that. So obviously no one's going to overanalyze it. No, 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 no. Everything, everything is just, people are just saying Marshawn Lattimore is about Cleveland. That's cool. No, but I, of course I would love Marshawn Lattimore here for a year paired with Denzel Ward. Are you kidding well, it's me? Hard, it's, hard to, it's hard to do this. You know, Chad, one of the things you said you wanted to talk about was the salary cap factors. It's hard mm-hmm. because knowing the, the what happened with the league last year and COVID and all that, the cap doesn't go up next year when usually the cap would continue to go up. But they're also anticipating dramatic rises in the salary cap over the next four or five years. So, yeah. like – that's really good timing for the Browns knowing the number of contracts they're going to have to pay out. Uh, it's, it's hard to anticipate mm-hmm. contractually. It's hard to anticipate who you can sign, who you can bring in, what you can do this year and how it's going to impact you in three years. That's a hard thing to anticipate because again, yeah. life gets back to normal fans get back in the stadiums. Uh, the, the money starts rolling in again, that cap is going to go up again. And all of a sudden, yeah, the Browns bring in a player like Marshawn Lattimore and you go, Oh God, who's that? That means they're going to have to get rid of somebody. And in fact, in two years, the cap goes up and you don't. Uh, so yeah, yeah it, it's a hard, it's a very hard thing to judge. Yeah, I know. I agree. Cause I mean, I heard it on uh, radio this morning and that's what just kind of got my wheels turning is, you know, like Jarvis Landry has like one or two more years of, uh, of guarantees that he can hit. And then he's going to want a new contract. Odell Beckham, same thing, has one more year of, of guarantees on his contract. Then he's looking for a new contract. So it's just, I, I don't know. It's just that that's what kind of got my wheels turning. Is like, yeah, uh, the Browns definitely, you definitely want the Browns to run it back. But is, is, is the money really like play that big of a factor, especially, I, I don't know, this year or next year? Like, I, I don't know. I guess I got to get, again, I got to get more well-versed on these cap and contract situations because, <laughs> because money it, it seems to play like, it, it seems to be a much bigger factor than what I, what we're letting on to be, in my opinion. Yeah. You just, you know, it's, it's again, it changes. And I, I think the Browns right now, they've got that cap flexibility, but they have to be careful knowing that they've got players that they want to pay starting mm-hmm. with your quarterback. And you've got players yeah. that you want to pay, so you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're in cap hell. So, you know, I think a lot of people see that the Browns have $30 million or something like that in cap space. 
And then they wonder why they're not spending that. Well, that's because they know they got other deals coming up. So they got to be smart about how they spend and what they spend. But, uh, but again, this front office is giving you no indication that they're not going to be smart about that. So again, just cryptic tweets out there. You know, we're, we're still about a month away, a little less than a month from free agents being able to sign anywhere anyways. So we're a little less than a month from finding out where players like JJ Watt are going to go, unless he makes an announcement before that, uh, which I don't know if he can or not. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, so at this point it's all conjecture, but it's, it's still, it's, it's so much fun to do this guys when oh. you know, when you know, like one or two players and then players returning from injury from last year. Like, again, I, I can't tell you guys how excited I am for Grant Delpit. I think that dude's a stud. So like I, the thought of getting him back and then maybe one or two additions, like, and now all of a sudden you're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, this is way more fun to do it this way, guys. It's way more fun. You think Sendejo comes back? <laughs> yeah, probably. Dude, actually. He knows the system. He probably does if come it, back. I tell you what. Day. I tell you what. We, I mean, right, <laughs> rightfully so. I think we dogged him so hard the first half of the season. Something clicked for that dude the second half, though. Like he, he wasn't like the standout player necessarily in any game in particular, but like. I felt like the second half of the season, he was honestly never really the problem on most plays that the defense if Anderson, had. If Anderson Dejo comes back and has an all-pro year, I will get a tattoo of Sendejo's name. Oof. I was I was going to say Jersey, I but I... Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't, do that. <laughs> don't do that. If, if the Browns win the Super Bowl and Andrew Sendejo gets a pick in the Super Bowl, okay, we'll get Sendejo I'll do, I'll, tattoos. Yeah, I'll get a tramp stamp. That's fine. I'll get a tramp stamp. Can you have two tramp stamps? Oh well, uh, yes, you can. Okay, yes, you can. It's, you can lay. You can. You can layer them. Okay. Yeah, is one if you got a medium shirt on, and one when you got a small shirt on. All right. So then the last question about the Browns, uh, because Chad brought this up, and I, I think this is uh, this is fascinating to me. I personally feel like the Browns need a linebacker, like a good one. Like a mm-hmm. really good one. Yeah. I feel like when I watch football and I watch teams that have an impact linebacker, their defenses tend to be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And yet, I feel like everybody is like, no, they don't need to focus on focus on defensive backs and, and pass rushers. Don't need to focus on linebackers. And I'm like, do, are we not are we watching the same thing? <laughs> I, I feel like there's this analytics thing that says don't go after linebackers and I'm a fan of analytics I like that process but like maybe that's a little too far because like every time I watch a stud linebacker they're on a stud defense I I think we're very thin at cornerback I would like to see that a pretty high priority this offseason I think just the way the NFC North has changed the past couple of years, I don't know if you need that standout guy to maybe run up the gut and stop the run right now in this division. Like, you don't have a strong running game in Cincinnati. You don't – no one knows how to run the ball in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and you got Lamar Jackson, who you're not really necessarily planning for, like, J.K. Dobbins to run the ball all game. You're kind of planning, like, some spy packages and maybe some – 
like delayed rushes or I don't know. But uh, I, I, I just, I feel like with the way that the division sh- starting to shift uh, and just our thinness at some other of the positions, I don't know if linebacker is like the number one go-to. Definitely needs to be addressed in some capacity, but I don't know if it's like the, hi, this is number one. I originally thought it was not anymore. That's fair. It's fair. If you, if you feel that way, that's fair. Again, I just, I also this, this whole thing of like avoid it to me is weird. Like, did you watch yeah. our linebackers last year? Can we, can we do better, please? You can. Yeah, And that, yeah. And that's why I just, that's why I, I'm just so curious as to why everybody wants to avoid linebackers. Uh, I, I mean, sure. The game has gotten a lot faster. And you need a lot more guys who can go sideline to sideline now instead of running up the gut, uh, instead of filling gaps, uh, instead of filling like the A and B gaps to stop the run. But like you still need those guys. And also linebackers these days are getting faster <laughs> and, and they are getting more physical. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't get it. Uh, but so that's why it's just interesting to me why people – don't 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 want it i mean i mean i see a lot of people thinking that like they kind of want these like in the box safety linebacker hybrids i I, I don't know i don't know it's it's i don't know what to say more about it i i just i don't know what i don't know what the method of thinking is there Uh, (laughs) well we'll see again defense can use a lot of things we talked about depth uh depth is a big thing depth in the defensive backfield depths on the defensive line it's all needed. I just would like to see one of those impact linebackers on my team because yeah. uh, I think yeah. it would be fun. Uh, so, listen, we've taken care of the Indians. The Cavs won tonight. That was great. We've taken care of the Browns. Uh, so we're just going to get into a last couple of things before we get out of here. Uh, Chad pitched this to us before, and I thought it was great. Uh, so we're going to get into a little bit of talk on sports movies. Uh, yeah. Which I love. Like, I love that the Disney Plus, the Disney Plus app has like an uh, like a sports movie section, and you know it's all like the Disney sports movies, like the Mighty Ducks. It's just the greatest. So what Chad wanted to know, and, and so I've got my list here. I think Joey came up with a list. I hope Chad has a list. Was the top sports movie scenes of all time? So mm-hmm. like when and what? When how, I say do want, how, how do you want to do this? Well. I, I think that I think we can do honorable mention, mm. but I think the thing that I want to okay. know, like Joey, we'll start with you. If I looked at you, Joe, and I said, think of your top sports movie scene of all time. What's the one that just jumps into your head? Like this <laughs> is the sports movie scene. I got, I got two. Cool. Break the rules. And both right of them the are start. like Break the fucking rules related. right from the start, Joe. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't like sports movies. Uh, oh, I know. I know. I just, I I'm just, sorry. Wait, wait, stop talking. Yeah. What? I, yeah. no, no, I don't want you to answer that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> don't answer. I'm not asking you to answer. You know, the scene from beginning Sarah Marshall, do nothing, Joe, do nothing. <laughs> You're doing too much. Do nothing. Like, you like pineapple on pizza and you don't like sports movies. What the <laughs> fuck? Okay, now I want an answer. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I, I can talk now, right? 
Yes. Um, I don't know. Like the um, the serious sports movies. I I mean, it might just be grown up as a Cleveland fan, getting your heart broken and broken and broken. I don't like seeing like the good guys win the sports here. I don't know. Maybe that's just like the the con in me. I don't know. Uh, I do love like funny sports movies. Like I love uh, Talladega Nights and yes. Dodgeball <laughs> and Blades of Glory and oh uh, Happy Gilmore. Like those are my dear sports Lord. movies. When you say sports oh my movies, dear like Lord, that's it. I do like Sandlot too. That's of course that's an honorable mention. All right, so what's the sports scene though? That what is it? What's the one that's like boom quintessential? It's got to be Ricky Bobby stabbing himself in the. <laughs> Die with a knife. That's it. It has nothing. To, just after the crash. Just after the crash. It's not even about the sport. It's just he thinks he can't feel his legs. I got a knife in my leg. <laughs> That's gonna hurt if you do, Ricky Bobby. Oh my god! Oh my god! We just asked you like the quintessential sports movie mm-hmm. scene. And you came up with Ricky Bobby stabbing himself. <laughs> okay, okay. If you want like an actual sporting no, event, no, 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 no. That, that works. Actual sporting event in that movie. In that movie, I'll go to that movie. It has to be where uh, <laughs> he is playing in the, <laughs> the paraplegic. Oh my uh, basketball God. game, oh my and then God. he gets up out of his wheelchair. <laughs> you know, he thinks he can't walk because his legs are paralyzed. <laughs> Ricky, I just, I just. I had to get this out there. I just wanted to let you know that I spread my butt cheeks as my concho. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe it went to Talladega Nights, which is infinitely quotable. Yeah. We've been quoting it. I was quoting it all weekend. Uh, if you don't chew big red, then fuck you <laughs> is a great line. I just like we threw out every sports movie of all time and it was the stabbing himself in the leg. Joe. I, don't, I, I don't know what it. to do with my hands. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. The Jackhawk 9000. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. that's, that's where I go to when it comes to sports movies. I know that they're like staple sports movies, Field of no, Dreams I'm, and Sandlot. And- I'm really excited to hear your honorable mention because if that was like the top, like cream of the My crop, honorable mention might be a legitimate sports movie. I know. I I hope they're not. I hope you have a couple honorable mention scenes that are just worse than that. Sure. All right, Chad, what's your, what's your your top sports movie scene? What's the one that comes into your head? God damn. Like, I I feel like I shouldn't be, have like a a quintessential top sports movie now. Like, like, like all that's going into my head right now is, is he wants the vile thing, the <laughs> grab your throat and choke thing. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, blow it out your ass, lard mouth. <laughs> no, God. But no, for me, for me, it's always this. There's so many sports movies that just gives me chills. And the thing that comes out to my, initially comes to mind is, and I posted on Facebook, is, is when, Vaughn comes out of the bullpen and wild thing kicks off. And that just, that just, that just gets, that gets me going, dude. That just gets me, that just gets me pumped up. I go in, I, I, I don't know. I, I punch a wall. I kick my cat. Like I, he works I, I out, know, he I eats a pizza. So, I, I just get so pumped. <laughs> and, and, and like, just any movie that gives me chills like that is, is always memorable. Dang. All right. 
I'm so lame with mine, but it's my answer is is it's very I'm sure uh, stereotypical what an answer would be, uh, but the James Earl Jones speech in Field of Dreams ah. is is my all time favorite scene in a sports movie when he gets up okay. and he's the one constant through all the years has been baseball. It, ah. it just. He just goes on and on. Like the the lines in that speech are amazing. You know, it it America's rolled on like an army of steamrollers. Like oh, he just he just that scene right there uh, when James Earl Jones is talking that gets me. It's it will stop me. Like that movie could just be playing in the background, but when that scene happens, I will stop and watch when they're inviting when they're inviting James Earl Jones into the corn. What was that? Oh, sorry, sorry. That was lame. That was the lame music. Oh, shut for, up. For your seat. <laughs> shut up. Listen, I've got honorable mentions here. No, I got, I got, a, lot, I got honorable mentions. I got but a lot F of them. you. F you. That's Love a, you. That's, I think, feel like over time, people just think that, like, Field of Dreams gets slandered, and it shouldn't. Oh, no. Hell no, it no. shouldn't. It's a great Hell movie. Hell no, it shouldn't. All right, so let's just throw it around for some honorable mentions. Who's got something? Yeah. Oh, I do. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Um, I mean, yeah, we're 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 going back to the funny sports movies, and hmm. uh, the honorable mention is the infamous Iron Lotus scene from Blades of Glory, <laughs> where uh, one Chaz Michael Michaels and Jimmy McElroy uh, perform the Iron Lotus at whatever finals they're doing. Yeah. And uh, it's just the best because literally the whole movie, they're trying to practice this move and they're chopping off heads of dummies and it's never been performed before because people keep getting decapitated as they're trying to perform this uh, intricate ice skating move. Um, but they perform it successfully. They they trim off just like the sliver of neck hair. A little hair. A little hair. I don't... I don't even know what that means, my humps. Nobody knows what it means. <laughs> but it's provocative. Gets the people going. <laughs> Underrated. I feel like honorable mention movies um, is, what was the one that we just watched, Mike? You, me, um, uh, the beer one. What's the name Be- of it? Beer Fest? Beer Fest. <laughs> is that, that a sports should movie? absolutely be an honorable mention <laughs> sports movie. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love it. Movie Joe. I love it. Beer Fest. It. Oh my God. You can define sports however you want to. Beer, beer Fest is a sports movie, damn it. Why don't you go I, back to America and drink Yazimas and Yashmianov Ices? In your, stri- in your strip malls. <laughs> oh, God, Joe. You're, you're such a sports guy, and your taste in sports movies. <laughs> While I love the comedies, it's just so awful. Oh, it's not good. No, it's <laughs> I, bad. I didn't it's see bad. this coming. Chad? Yeah, no, yeah. Don't come to me for any like movie advice or like god. things to watch. Oh my god, Chad. Yeah, well, please. I'll, I'll, save I'll us. start my I'll start my honorable mentions with necessary roughness. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, when Featherstone finally catches the ball, <laughs> and then when Paul Blake uh, hits uh, little Charlie in the end zone. Uh, for the two-point conversion to beat the by-God number one Texas Colts. And then, and then the other one is uh, in that scene in that movie, that's my favorite, is uh, 
<laughs> the big fight scene and when the rest calling all the penalties. Tago Tori Arimachu elbow thrust to the up back. <laughs> <laughs> to the up back. And it's uh yeah, that's that's an honorable mention for mine. All right, my honorable mention oh, is I got be... one more hand. I got one more. I got a legit okay. one. If we want to throw in a legit one. We're taking turns, you, you yeah, we're throwing a legit chicken. one. All right, go ahead. Safety. Have you guys seen safety? Nope. I've not. Ah, of course. It's, here we it's go. on Disney Plus. I knew it. Ah, uh, what? I knew it. it's going to be some <laughs> obscure random Disney Plus movie. <laughs> oh, well, you just love it. It was your account, so thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were just throwing out safety. I'm just oh, you got safety. nothing to yeah. say about it? I felt like I had to like... It's just uh, safety? Yeah. You were going to go to Google and, and Google recent sport movies that have come out <laughs> that are serious. You weren't gonna do like a scene. You were just like, yeah, safety. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, safety. Good. it's good. Cool. It's about it's about a kid that goes to Clemson and you know he has a tough family life at home and has to take care of his kid. His kid has to live on, or not his kid, his brother. His brother has to live on campus with him, and there's you know some trials and tribulations that go along with that. So okay, uh, I don't want to give away right. the whole movie. Okay, all right, <laughs> safety. Uh, I'm gonna go with the greatest sports because uh, within sports movies you then get sports coach uh, speeches. Oh. So I'm going to go with what I think is the greatest coach speech in the history of sports movies. I know what you're saying. I know. Right? What you're saying. So we've got, we've got miracle. We've got, mm-hmm. you know, we've got any given Sunday, all great <gasps> sports movies. However, however, the greatest speech of any sports movie was made by sweet Lou Brown in major league. <laughs> I've already referenced it, but I, if you wouldn't get motivated by this following sequence, then you, if your blood doesn't get pumping for this, then your blood doesn't get pumping. We won a game yesterday. If we win today, that's two in a row. If we win tomorrow, it's called a winning streak. It has happened before. <laughs> Great voice. That was a fantastic voice for that. I, I love this shit and I may move to England. Ah! I love when he does the winning streak. It's just everybody's just sitting there like, okay. And yeah. he just is in it. In Seriously. It. Hey, hey look, time out for just one quick second. For as bad as most sequels are, to movies, Major League Two was not that bad at all. Major League Two, Two was is, great. Was great. There were so many classic lines from that movie, as much as there is in the in the first one. Major League Two was great, but it was infuriating, right? Like, like what the what the fuck are you doing, Ricky Vaughn? Why why are you all of a sudden Charlie Sheen from Wall Street? Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't cool. Yeah, like, exactly. There was a lot of that going on, but no, I think right. you're right. I think I, you know. Harry uh, Doyle. Was Harry Doyle league? saved it. Harry Doyle saved it. Oh, uh, fly he's... ball deep to fly ball deep right field. Serrano giving chase. He'll need a rocket up his ass to catch this one. <laughs> <laughs> What's his? Uh, oh God, I I always botch this one, and it's one of my favorite lines from a sports movie. Like maybe that was the Terminator, or maybe it was the Eliminator. <laughs> In any case, for Ricky Vaughn, it's going to be see you later. He's now going to become a spectator. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was great. Is that when the other catcher showed up? Rube. Yeah. Yeah. Rube, when he's doing his playboy quotes from behind so he can throw the ball back to the pitcher. That is a great part, too. The the two-cup-place bra is (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you my, my other little honorable mentions and you guys can share real quick, but these are just quick ones. Uh, I love the again scene from miracle. Okay. When they're, oh. when he's keeping them on the ice after they lose and he just, yeah. again, again, that's an awesome scene. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a sports movie conversation without bringing up the movie Cool Runnings. Uh, oh, yeah. And so the pride, power, badass, mutta scene, awesome. And yep. then lastly, I'm stretching a sports movie here, but Joe's already shown us that he doesn't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> in, famous, in the famed bowling movie, The Big Lebowski, uh, the over-the-line scene uh, in the bowling alley. Uh, where it, This isn't numb. There are rules. Uh, is just, just he pulls a gun, pulls a fucking gun out. Uh, is classic. So those those are some of my favorite sports scenes. What other honorable mentions do you guys have? How about this? What about a movie that you haven't seen, like a sports movie you haven't seen that you feel kind of ashamed that you haven't seen it, or is that just me? Man, I don't know if there is one. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of any. Uh, I have not seen Moneyball. Oh, uh, okay. oh eh. Yeah, I mean it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It, yeah, it it it'd be kind of like saying you haven't seen Draft Day. <laughs> yep. So that was the second yeah, one wow. I was gonna say. I haven't uh, seen Draft Day. Is that also like yeah. that? Is it like okay that I haven't seen those two? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, like I feel like you have to. If you're from Cleveland, you should have seen Draft Day because they made like, like for me, they filmed like all the shots from around town in Rocky River. So that yeah. was just my hometown in a movie, which was kind of fun. But otherwise, as a movie. Yeah. Uh-uh. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, Kevin Costner uh, does kill it in Yellowstone, though. If you you know, he, he definitely <laughs> went up after draft day. Okay, okay, he traded up. Not sports related not, at all. Know, I don't know that there's a sports movie that if you put it in front of me, I don't know what I haven't seen. I I don't have any of those, Joe. I think I've I think I've seen them yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Some honorable mentions for me: the program, uh, especially in. Uh, those that uh, the the practice scenes where they do all those hitting drills. Being a former professional professional athlete, Jesus Christ, Jesus Before, Christ, Jesus. Former, no, you're not. Be, being a former football player, <laughs> uh, just just seeing the physicality and then the welcome to the jungle, and I don't know, that just took me back uh, into the locker room. Uh, back in your God. pro athlete days. Yeah, I mean you can't <laughs> exactly in my <laughs> if, pro pro athlete in my mind. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's, there's, there's some of the classics though. I mean, obviously you get the natural scene at the end, the, the, the scene at right. the end of the natural, right. I mean, the music. Yeah. The ending, the any given Sunday speech, uh, Al Pacino, how could you not get like, cause again, it seems that, like give me chills, you know, the, no Lou Brown. You know, the root. Yeah. The, no, it's definitely not Lou Brown. Uh, you know, the, you know, obviously the end of Rudy, even though there was littered with inaccuracies, uh, well, whatever Rudy was, it was a great movie. But, you know, we're good. We're good with that. Oh, yeah. God. They're just so good. And Joe brought up, Joe, you were the one that brought this one up, but you can't have a good sports movie conversation without the Sandlot. One of the great all time sports oh, movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And every time I hear, every single time, in no matter what the context, every time I hear the song America the Beautiful, all I can think about is the scene when they're playing <laughs> under the fireworks. Uh, yeah. With all the fireworks going off, America the Beautiful. So, Again, there's just some of a glimpse into some sports movies or, you know, for Joe, beer movies. Listen. But they, you know what? We're the yeah. Garage Beers podcast, so it works. So that's going to bring us to our last segment of the show for this week. And as always, it's our three cheers of the week. 
where each one of us just shares something good from the last week, some good news, some cool things, whatever. Uh, so I don't know. I don't care who wants to go first. Three cheer of the week. Not me. Joey. Me? Okay. Uh, well, okay. You, got you guys it, are killing this. You're killing it. I don't, I don't, I, I, I gotta think of one. <laughs> I gotta think of one. All right. I'm going to go. You okay, two get your good. shit together. Get your shit together. <laughs> I'll go first. So far, you guys are not on the three cheers of the week list. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, this is just a personal thing for me. Uh, but uh, since my wife is due with our second child in May, I was able to get away last weekend for a quick trip. And I went down to Pinehurst, North Carolina, where my mom's cousin lives. And I went with uh, I went with uh, a cousin. And uh, we stayed down there, and I got to play Pinehurst. Well, I got to play several Pinehurst courses, but most specifically, I got to play the famous Pinehurst number two, where, if you'll remember, Payne Stewart won the U.S. Open in 1999, uh, shortly before his tragic passing. Uh, And we actually got to go out and play that course, and that was literally an event of a lifetime for me. That Walking that course... And being able to play it, uh, and and they maintain it at a championship level was uh, the most fun, coolest thing. As a guy that loves to get out and just play golf as much as I can, it was the coolest thing I've ever done. And surprisingly, surprisingly, uh, from the tee box to the green, it's not a hard course. Uh, they, there's no rough. It's it's just all hitting off fairway or like pretty even sand, which is easy to hit off of. The problem is you can land your ball in the middle of the green and wind up 57 yards away from the green. <laughs> it was, I had one, the second hole, there's a drop off behind the hole. And because there's no rough, the ball just rolls forever. I hit over the green and wound up like 140 yards away. Like I took a lob wedge with me and I had to pick my ball up because there's no chance I'm going to hit a lob wedge 140 yards. So uh, super challenging, but really fun, really cool to get away for a minute and play some golf. So that was my three cheer of the week. Mm, sick brag, Mike. Sick yeah, it's brag. a brag. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I got finals number two. That's sweet. I know. That's fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. Shout out, shout out to Cleveland Zone, the Miz, for winning the WWE Championship. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Woo-hoo-hoo. Uh Did you just three cheer of the week, the Miz? I, I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Cheers to the Miz. Yeah. All right. As yeah. long as we can end the misery of Chad trying to figure out something good to say. Uh all right. The Miz gets cheered. Joe, what do you got? I um you Save know, us. Well into February. And I still have Christmas sale. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. That's a cheer. Okay. It's a cheer. Okay. You can you still know, buy well, it at the stores know, I, here, by the way. To be fair, I, I had originally stated on a previous podcast that the Christmas sale goes away in between Christmas and New Year's. Being someone that's only been 21 living out, out of the state of Ohio, uh, uh, that's all I knew. Uh, so apparently Christmas sales available for ever. You literally can go buy it at a store now. Still. Right now. Well, 
when you don't live to, next to somewhere where you can buy Christmas sale, you have to ration. And I've had my first Christmas sale in about a month, and I loved it. And I have about seven more in the fridge, and I can't wait to strategically drink every single one of those. <laughs> strategically. It's like a dog with the flea and tick medication. You got to like mark down what month you're giving your dog. Yeah, you get a counter reminder. <laughs> yeah. All right. First of the month, Joe pill. And then, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Christmas sale time. That was far and away our least successful uh, three cheers of the week. But you know what? We, we're, we're doing it anyway. So uh, again, <laughs> share your beers of the week. Share your cheers of the week. If anything's good to happen, let us know. We'll give you shouts out as well. Uh, but otherwise, boys, I think that's going to do it. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? That sucked, but we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be my favorite. That's a great segue to end the podcast. <laughs> right. I meant to do that. All right, then. So, uh, again, uh, go follow all of us on social media. Start with the show at The Garage Beer on Twitter, Instagram. Find us on uh, Facebook. We're, we're starting to do a lot more fun stuff on TikTok, including some breakdowns. I got to do one tonight. Uh, so go follow you know, us on TikTok. And be on the lookout uh, in the next uh, week or so. We're going to be uh, launching a Twitch channel as well as a YouTube channel where we're going to host our most memorable interviews uh, as well as future interviews uh, that we might be able to live stream. We're still kind of working out the kinks in that. So sweet. All right. So yeah, keep an eye out for that, but yeah, get on our socials, interact with us. Uh, we're always looking for ideas and, and beers and everything like that. Go follow Joey at garage beers, Joe, follow Chad at garage beers, Chad, and follow me at garage beers, Mike. Uh, thank you to you guys for another great fun episode. Thank you to our, uh, podcast host site, uh, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Uh, and as always, thank you to you, those of you out there that are listening to us. Uh, we're having a great time. Hopefully you are as well. So for Chad over there on the east side, for Joey down in Nashville, I'm Michael Keefe saying cheers to you guys. Have a great weekend coming up, and we'll see you again next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.